But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Fuck this show. Um, welcome in, everybody, I guess, to Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, where my co-host said, fuck this show. Cockballs. You're just in a mood to curse? Is that what it is? I mean, you're you're always, (laughs) you're always in a mood to curse, but tonight seems a little excessive. Shit. Okay, now he's talking just in curse. Gotcha. So mm. let's uh let's talk Tally about whacker. some wrestling. <laughs> um, it, you can work the curses in anytime you're ready. Uh, bitch gonna, tits. There you go. We're gonna start with the draft, WWE draft. But speaking of bitch tits, <laughs> Joe's favorite part. I know he couldn't get enough of the war room. He loved every second of the giant robot and them high fiving. Right. Once maybe. But to keep going back to that well like it's something impressive and, oh, yeah, this is real creative. No, it was fucking stupid. It was, they put the fucking list of the draft out before the fucking show happened, and they drafted in that order for the most part. Mm-hmm. You fucking blew it. First first go at it, you fucking blew it. Yeah, and... <laughs> it was fucking... St- the oh. extras that they hired as the executives... It was the worst acting in the world. <laughs> like, it was so bad. I like the random guy that just kept doing, like, oh, this is a wrestling thing. He did, like, the yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Did he do suck it? I would have done suck it. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do a hand gesture from wrestling, that would be almost number one. One B? <laughs> Maybe. What's one A? Too sweet? Oh. Too sweet. I mean, we might think so, but I don't think other people do. All right, so your biggest concern, weeks out, you were saying that you thought this was going to completely deplete Monday Night Raw because they were going to want every big name they possibly could on SmackDown for Fox. They did. They got every big name, and the pure wrestlers went to Raw. Now, Raw, if they don't fuck it up and have over-booking or over analyzing of storylines and corniness. If they could keep all the corniness on SmackDown, then Raw could be the best show of the week. Well, that that's the thing. I don't think... I mean, yeah, I, to They're, Fox, I think they got the names. I don't think they got the that big of names that we're, I'm really worried about Raw now because Lesnar, Reigns, and Wyatt, and Strowman are the, I mean, the big four. I mean, of course, you still got Daniel Bryan and The Miz and Corbin for the men. You threw Corbin in there? Well, he's King Corbin. He's getting a big push. He's one he's of the top He's King heel- Corbin. Yeah. Well, he's King Corbin, ladies and gentlemen, so he's got to be up there as one of the top names. It's what they're pushing him as. Yeah, absolutely. You left out the champions. Did I... you say Styles? No. No, no I didn't say Styles because he's on Did Raw. you say Shinsuke? No. No. He's a cha- you left out the champions. You put on King Corbin? 
Well, right. What kind of bullshit Jesus you own? <laughs> I didn't know we were nitpicking this much. I wasn't going to go through every goddamn... Well, we're going to go through and every Shinsuke goddamn... hasn't been on TV, so to me, no. He's not a big name. I'm well, not going to mention him. He's going to fucking lose the title tomorrow, so... That, I know, to Roman. That's all that matters. He'll be I on agree. TV, and that'll be it. Yeah. Anyway, here's what I was going to say. The problem with WWE right now, or one of the problems, because I'm sure people can tally off numerous problems, Yeah. they... I don't know if they can keep it fresh anymore. I think they they don't Period? have... Like uh, either show? On either show because yeah. everyone has wrestled everybody and you need to develop a highly intriguing storyline to get people reinvested in, I don't know, Corbin versus Gable for the 50th time, Natalia versus um, Lacey Evans for the unteeth time, Seth Rollins versus anybody on the fucking roster. I mean, I it's, it's, I agree, but I think Raw has more of the uh, of the chance of mixing it up because with it, I mean McIntyre and Samoa Joe, Alistair Black, Andrade, Buddy Murphy, they have Ricochet. Ricochet is another one. Um, they have so much options there, more options. KO, <laughs> like Styles, yeah, and you still have Gallows and Anderson. You still and AOP. They just announced AOP is on Raw now. Um, earlier the Viking today, actually. Raiders War of Experiences. Who are the yeah, yeah. Raw Tag Team Champions now, beating um, Rude and uh, Ziggler. I call them White Claw Money. White Claw Money, I like that a lot. <laughs> Not beer money. <laughs> Not beer money, White Claw Money, I like that. It's a new day and age that we live in. Yeah. We're reading the news book on I like the newspaper it. page. So, what, uh, are we just every show now, we're going to have to expect you coming up with a tag team name? Because this is the second week in a row. First, last week was, was Bliss Cross, Cross. And now I have White Claw Money. White Claw Money. All right, well. They only have four tag teams, so I only have two more to go. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Um, I think Raw has a better chance of doing new matchups and keeping the wrestling fresh with everyone they got. Yeah, but, but no. The way that they book it is that you'll get Ricochet versus Buddy Murphy once. It'll be so good to be like, well, they liked it. Sign it up for the, the 10 Pete. Then you'll get it 10 more times, and by the time it's been so oversaturated and overdone, you're just like, you ruined something perfectly pure in two of the best wrestlers on your roster. While I agree with you, yes, I convin still think... Convince me otherwise, No, please. I don't think I'm going to convince you otherwise, but it, why is it now that we get annoyed with this? Because there's something else to watch. Because no, 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 there's no. something Wait, else finish, to compare it let to. Me finish, no, let me finish what I was going to say. But in 97, even though there was something else to watch, we didn't get tired of... Rock Austin? Yeah, you, they don't that's have, not 97, but yeah, that era. Yes, like, you're, you were getting... Michael's Triple that's H? That's all you would fuck. Yes, it's all you would fucking see. On, on Monday night, it was Rock Austin all the time. They drew you in with everything that they said. You have maybe four people on your roster that could... Like, you had characters. You had... People that it was bizarre world. It, yes, is it is it different? Absolutely. With the characters, I'm saying it's not the the wrestlers themselves because they're getting handcuffed, getting scripts and stuff. If they were able to go like The Rock and all, you can't tell me that KO and McIntyre and Rollins they, Styles they can't all just go. Orton's another one. You can't just let them go. They have to be scripted. None of them guys should be scripted. Not scripted, but you have to come up with something new. Like, hey, we're just going to have you guys wrestle. There's going to be no end game for this. There's no nothing. Like, the, it's tough to get in a storyline for WWE because they're still playing to the PG era-ish 
crowd. Mm -hmm. They still want it to be for everybody. Yeah. Where some promotions... Crickets? Really? (laughs) That was a loud-ass cricket. Dude, what? Is it mating season? I don't know. Is it cricket fucking season? I don't know how well the mics picked that up, but it was loud as shit in here. I could hear it in the headphones. Okay, so then they probably heard it too. That was really loud. I don't know where that is. That was somewhat symbolic of the way (laughs) Monday Night Raw has really made me feel the past two two weeks of recent memory. No, I agree. Yeah, you're right. Crickets. Crickets, It's just been so boring. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I think man. as a whole, I mean, it has its it has its moments. Like sometimes it'll be somewhat interesting. There'll be a good match on. Yeah, that's. But for three hours, it's just once you get to t- hour two, done. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's pillow time. I don't even know if I hit the pillow. I think I'm the drooling on myself on the arm of the couch. The only thing I don't understand with a part of the dra- as a part of the draft anyway, with Wyatt going over to SmackDown. And them doing this segment of Seth Rollins burning down the Firefly Funhouse. All right, I get the symbolism that you're kind of ending that. But, but then you face him twice now coming up. Yeah, Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel, and then after that. Crown Jewel is for the people that paid for it already. They yeah. want that, so they bought it. So guess what? I mean, my only gripe is that just don't air it on the fucking network. Just let it be for them. But not only that. Don't, like, make it this big spectacle because people really want to see it. I think, I'm sorry, if I'm wrong, aren't Monday night, Monday night, aren't they going in a cage match, Rollins and The Fiend? I don't know. I probably fell asleep before that announcement. And I No, I think they seen... announced it during during the week, within the last day or so. I thought I, I heard that. I don't know. You haven't queued me up for any rumors. No, I haven't. Do I have to sing a rumor song <laughs> because myself? Because I'm pretty sure it's not a rumor. I'm pretty sure I saw an announcement. Whatever happened to predictability? <laughs> no, you can't do that. We already got the that one. Mate. Oh, we already yeah. got that one. But, uh, but I mean, it, no, you can't burn. I get it. Burn it down. I get it. But you can't try and make it look like you're ending a feud. <laughs> I get it okay. now. Burn it down so because he lit it on fire and yeah. he he burnt that to the. But you can't end ground. a feud and then wrestle two more times. I don't get it. Here's the thing with the fiend, and I'm I'm willing to put it out there that this is the only character that I have a wait and see mentality. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. Yes, there's been some hiccups along the way so far, but I'm still hopeful that this isn't going to be a complete shit show. Bray gave us something that no one else has really done in the past three years, two years, and have a character and an actual, yeah, an actual character. Yeah. Like, he's the only one right now that is a legitimate storyline goldmine, if you just let him have it. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't understand... Where they're going with this Rollins Fiend thing? I, I thought, all right, cool. The draft's coming. You're gonna split them up, end it, and let's go. No, we're gonna have it at Saudi. And like, if I this just... is some demonic way to bring Seth Rollins to the dark side and to turn him heel, then I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot more people will be on board with that. If this is the end game for this, I guess I don't know. I mean, because name your your heels for Monday Night Raw. But Joe. Okay. Andrade. Okay. Um, I mean, 
I don't know. I guess KO's still kind of face, so I can't. I won't include him. Styles, because okay. the OCs, right? The OCs. Yeah, that's three. Yeah. What else you got? AOP is okay. I'm, I'm talking oh, about. I'm sorry, singles. singles. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about bad. someone that's, that's going to actually yeah. challenge Seth Rollins for the title. No, yeah. Do, I think or- Orton. Orton's. Orton can go either way. So here's the thing: you have top baby face in Seth Rollins going after. Uh, Orton, Orton, who's been on the top several times. Joe, who's gotten to the top and hasn't been able to break through yet. Yeah. Andrade, who's probably he needs probably needs a mid card run of a United States title, and then works his way to the. I mean, I think he's main title ready, but I don't think he's main title draw ready. Mm-hmm. Like wrestling wise, yes, he's got it. Yeah. So turn Seth Rollins heel, because you you you're gonna need a top heel, and then you have. Good baby faces. I mean, you know, I I know it's been done before, KO, Rollins, but I mean, those two. If you put heel Seth Rollins and baby face Kevin Owens in at this time, I'm a little bit more intrigued because it's a little different. Yeah, I agree. You have Uber baby face and Ricochet versus Seth Rollins for the title. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know if Ricoch- Ricochet. I don't can- know how you're gonna get there. That's with this whole Bray thing. I- well, you turn him to the dark side and he loses his mind. I mean, it pushes... He's already losing his mind, really. They're it pushes, pushing that anyway. It pushes Bray into the top... Like, into the... I mean, you call him a baby face, but he's still a tweener because he's still torturing people. <laughs> yeah. You can't... I mean, I know the... Re- <laughs> Another reaction from the crowd is a pop every time. So, it's kind of hard to make him... Yeah, it's kind of hard to make him a heel, a true heel. As yeah. bad as he wants to be, he still gets the reaction from the crowd that is amazement and cheering. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. The rosters they're going to have, they're going to have to really write, like you said, the right good storytelling, and because you have the talent on both shows, you have really good wrestling. I think SmackDown's fucked. Really? I think that this whole Fox thing, they're going to make it like so far two weeks. I mean, the first one was cool because you had a you had the Rock. Yeah, yeah, and not the Rock from last week, the actual Rock. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, other than that, there was a title change that pissed everyone off. There was Cain Velasquez. There was a couple good matches, but last week really wasn't good. I agree. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't good. I mean, the draft kind of watered it down and ruined it a little bit, but last week was not a good SmackDown. Luckily for them, Raw was worse, so. (laughs) True. I mean, it makes it look better, but right in the middle of the week, you have two shows that are stealing both spotlights for the most part. Yeah. It might not say so in the numbers yet, but that's yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're, and you're establishing a certain crowd for those shows. Um, but we will touch on all of that yeah. because we might have been there live for one of the shows. Mm-hmm. Might have been. Yeah. We could have been. We were. <laughs> but you can't guess which one, though. <laughs> so, But like you said, we'll talk all about that in a little bit. Right now. Not now. Not now? Maybe now. Okay. We have a guest on the show tonight, and he has been on our show in a while, about 60 episodes or so, because <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's in the 30s. But So that's 60 weeks, so you guys do the math, <laughs> math on how many nah, days we put multiple and out and all that. But last time we saw him, it was at House of Hardcore 52. It looked like he was going to retire from wrestling. Or return to wrestling. Or return to wrestling. You didn't know what it was going to be. And Alex Reynolds 
takes out his repaired knee. And that's the last time we've seen Vic Delicious from the now. And uh, he kind of went dark, and we want to see what he's been up to now that he's back on social media and see what his plans are. Uh, to black out social media. Yeah. How would you know what people are bitching about if you didn't have social media? How Would you be social in real life? Would you go out into the sunlight, get a little bit of a tan, talk to the people of the streets? No. You can't do that. Imagine going up to someone on the street saying, you watch, you catch AEW? You square, you didn't catch it? You square? All right, so... What would, you, what would they say to someone in real life? Did you... What did you think of AEW? Yeah, it was okay. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. And just run away. Because they wouldn't say anything like, how the fuck did you say that, you piece of shit? I don't know. Some wrestling fans probably would. I don't think so. I really don't. Maybe around here. New York, maybe. Chicago. But the trolls, I don't think they would say a damn thing. If the, if someone would actually say to them, like, yeah, I don't agree with what you're saying. Because they sure as shit wouldn't go off the handle. No, you're right. Unless I was like I a child. Saying, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of child, it was a child that won a major match last night. Yeah. But that hasn't aired yet. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. I don't know free. even if that, that's aired. That's no. going to air. That's done. I don't I think it was after filming. I know, they put it out today though. Yeah. So uh I think we're ready. I think the time is I mean it's kinda close, right? Yeah. Is it that time? I think the time's now. Mm. The time is now. Live in the now! You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? That's the when? We're in now. Go back to then. What? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? There's when. Just when will then be now? All right, on the show today, we have Vic Delicious, who um, hasn't been on in a while. Vic, welcome back. Gentlemen, the pleasure's all yours. How are you? <laughs> We're doing good. Well, to remind the uh, the listeners out there, Vic had suffered a knee injury a while back, and he was on the road to recovery. When we last talked to him, that road has been recovered? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty weird, uh, pretty weird situation, I guess. Um, you know, I've... You know, I've been doing, I'm not a spring chicken. I've been doing this for a long time. So, um, you know, I had to go through a lot of different things. The last two years of my life, both personally and professionally, have been all over the place. And um, it's been it's been very interesting. You know, it really started with breaking this leg. That was kind of the catalyst for a lot of things. You know, when you have a pretty major injury like I had, it's pretty hard for things to stay the same. So, um, a lot of things had to change as far as like what I was doing for professional wrestling, what I was doing for real life, raising my kids. Um, you know, it's been a journey. It's been been interesting for the last year and a half. And then I uh, I did a show down in Philadelphia with House of Hardcore where I did a uh, retirement angle for the, <laughs> and then got got attacked by Alex Reynolds. That did. And then uh, I wasn't happy with how that went, so I started doing a little bit of road to recovery rehab matches back in uh, for Northeast Wrestling and things like that. And uh, then I had a little bit of a an issue. I, you know, I really prided myself on not um, 
being dependent on painkillers when I was hurt. And um, unfortunately, it led to me having a crutch with something else. And, uh, you know, alcohol turned out to be a poison for me, something that wasn't good for me. So we are at 213 days sober from that. And, um, you know, trying to really see what I'm going to do going forward. So, you know, I was raised in the professional wrestling industry in a very different way than a lot of guys come up right now. And I'm not blaming wrestling for any of my problems, but it certainly uh, was an interesting lifestyle to be exposed to at 19 years old. And um, it's led with, you know, all of my hopes and dreams where everything that I wanted to be in life was through professional wrestling. And you go through a mix of emotions when all of that kind of gets pulled away and yanked right away from you when you weren't ready to say it was over yet. So, you know, I've had to do a lot of looking at myself in the mirror through that, seeing who I want to be and the man I want to be. And I have three little kids. I got a five and a half, a four and a half, and a two and a half at home. And, you know, they see their daddy every single day as a superhero. So it's tough to you know, think that through an injury like that led to some things getting a hold of me and letting people close to me down and having to rehab back from that and being in a good place and feeling comfortable to be out talking about it in the professional wrestling world is something that I hope, um, you know, I can have a good positive part of the story too. I'm genuinely a pretty positive guy despite being a bad guy wrestler out there. Um, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of really good things happen to me. I've been a really good life and it can happen to anybody. You can have these kind of battles and I think everybody battles with something in their own life and by no means am I not only battling other things too so um, it's kind of the culture we live in 2019 right where it's okay to talk about that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> yeah I this I think this is what we call a safe space yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's pretty crazy I had a I, I haven't spoken really publicly about any of this to anyone so you guys be the first ones that I even talk to about that but you know I had a matchup in Northeast Wrestling in March and um, the way that the entire match went down and how everything happened, um, there was displeasure from the management of the company with how things were handled and how things went, disagreements on both sides for how things were handled. And um, I had to take a really hard look at myself for how I handled myself and how I wanted to be perceived in professional wrestling. So um, I don't think that I wasn't at fault for a lot of things that happened there. Um, but I also don't accept 100% responsibility for everything that went on because um, there's a certain level in professional wrestling you have to be at to hang. you got to be able to go. And when you can't go, you get chewed up and spit out. That's the way that I was always brought up. So if you can't hang, I'm going to eat you up and spit you out until you can't hang. Uh, that's kind of how we taught. That's how I've been taught. That's how I was trained when I was in the ring was if I couldn't hang, somebody beat the shit out of me. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, I, know being, I know I'm being big but I'm being purposely big I'm just trying to yeah. give like, kind of an outline to a story that, that's that's out there that I don't want to get too much into but it's kind of explained why I stepped away from the business for a while and uh, got control of myself I think that's I think you led on with enough that even the simplest of people could pretty much catch the drift <laughs> of what you were saying I being one yeah. of those simple people and I think I yeah. caught it but yeah, 
You know, I think uh, my next, what I want to do next is uh, I still want to be involved in this business. I, I have given 18 years of my life to it, and I have been around in so many of the biggest, you know, eras in wrestling. You know, I got in when wrestling was on its down. I was in it through its hole down, and I feel like I broke my leg when it was just on its way up. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, it's kind of like dumb luck here, but, you know, you can't spend 18 years learning something and being trained by the best. And, everything like that and still not be able to contribute in some way. So I don't know if it's going to be necessarily as a professional wrestler, but it's definitely going to be, I'm not going to leave the business. Now, is there any talks with any, maybe Northeast wrestling or any other companies that you're trying to get into? Um, I've kept a pretty low profile. I think that, um, I may have something kind of special going on in Philadelphia. Um, Pray tell. Kind of, kind of right around Thanksgiving. Uh-oh. I don't know if there's any any wrestling going on there. I believe <laughs> there is some sort of show put on by a heavier alumnus of ECW. Balding. balding. Yes, might be slightly yeah. balding. Loves Oreos. Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That, that one there. Yeah, so... I'm going to be there. There's going to be some things going on, so I think it'll be a cool time. So I don't, I'm, uh, I think that's going to be um, a pretty fun event because Tommy's always been able to kind of be the thermometer and the gauge of the independence. Uh, if you look back through the last few years of history, when you look at the House of Hardcore shows in a reflectionist perspective, you kind of see all of the the hotbed of the indies around the country all kind of would merge at House of Hardcore and then everybody would go back out to their their places but then they would always bring in the guys and there would always be kind of the cool shit that was going on at House of Hardcore and then they would go back to their places kind of spread back out again so I'm very interested to see what Tommy puts together for who's out there who wants to step up and who wants to take that stage in that arena at that, and take that opportunity because um, House of Hardcore has a legit history to it now and it's uh, not just something that you can take lightly as a place to perform because the people that have performed there have literally gone from there to being signed to a contract at a major place. Um, that's why the talent turnover has been so high. Um, so I'm very anxious to see what Tommy puts together and what's out there right now. And, uh, who's the next person that's going to be the buzz for the next year going into the next century. You know, we're, well, that, then, then, the next decade, excuse me. Yeah. I'm glad you, uh, <laughs> um, you brought that up because, with House of Hardcore, um, we talk to a lot of different fans because usually it's the same group of fans that are at those events. It's usually the regulars. So we've talked to a couple of them, and a lot of people, especially the last event Tommy did um, here in Philly, they weren't they weren't really the, that happy with the show because everyone felt like it was a impact taping. Not that there's anything wrong with the talent that Impact has. But like you said, in pe- in the past, House of Hardcore has always been that just melting pot of all kinds of different independent wrestlers from all over. And then I think people saw that show, and it was just that company. And I think it kind of threw people off a little bit. Yeah, I get it. It's just that you got to look at it like a business. And Tommy had a chance to expose the House of Hardcore brand to another audience mm-hmm. in with the impact co-promotion situation so there was an opportunity there to get the the, lo- 
scratch yours, you scratch mine kind of deal. And mm-hmm. when Tommy would have those shows and had a good working relationship and was helping out as in backstage there. Um, and especially with the climate of professional wrestling at the time and the war that was going on with people trying to kind of stake their claim to be a part of a certain place, that was the result and kind of what you got for that show. They needed to create content for Impact Wrestling. They needed to get the House of Hardcore name that's out get it out there more to more people and mm-hmm. have a different brand exposure to the audience. Um, and who knows where that would have been. So I get what they're saying about it being that way, but you also have to look at it a little bit that way and also realize that it was the first time that he had ever tried to do that. Yeah. So some, some days are diamonds and some days are stones. I'll take the last 50 shows that he did where he didn't pull that shit versus the one that he did and then trust that this one's going to be back to what it was before. Do I think there's going to be sprinkled elements of all of the companies in there? Yeah, I do. That's usually how it works. So I'd be surprised if it wasn't that way. Um, You know, we've seen guys who you didn't think would be able to work together and show up and all of a sudden they're walking right past me in the back door of Swanson and Rittner. So, you know, it's been super interesting to see how that's all evolved and I don't doubt that going forward it's going to be that way. But, you know, that's the same topic that's going on right now across the world with wrestling fans and how fickle they are uh, the only people that hate wrestling the most are wrestling fans um <laughs> no like, you, you get the, you get the, right out of town the, the only people who hate wrestling are wrestling fans um that's how it is right now so people want to pick their shows apart and kind of be their worst critics and that's cool pick it apart all you want but at least you're watching yeah not only that but I think in the that show in particular, there were a couple fan moments that kind of dampered the night. Not just, I don't, I don't think it was fully because of the impact card, but there was a lot of asshole fans there that night. That was the last one that was at the Philly Arena. What was was that the one where Big Cass was there? No, that was a no, couple. That was the one before it. The last one was the one where the guy threw the beer on Taya. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was not there for that. Mm-hmm. You know, is the cricket sound like your actual house has crickets going, or are you playing a cricket? No, I swear to God, we're not doing that on purpose. We can't find this goddamn cricket. <laughs> All of a sudden, we start that we start recording the show, and then this cricket sound comes. And I, I honestly have been walking around every now and then trying to find where it is, and it's I'm really here really talking, annoying. I'm like, man, this must be super boring. <laughs> No, not at all. <laughs> no, we know what this looks like, but we can promise you it's not that. And we are we are ones that pride ourselves on not really editing anything out, so this cricket will be prominent in this episode. Well, yeah, I, I expect the shirt up before uh, you guys go to bed tonight. Promoting <laughs> the, the famous cricket of Philadelphia. You know what? That's not a bad idea. We'll 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 cut you in on the shirt shirt costs. Yes, that's fine. Just a little bit, just a little bit. You guys, everybody's trying to make money. Yeah, it's just a ten percent finder's fee. You're good. <laughs> so, so yeah, the wrestling fans are, are that's that's who they are. They're gonna pick everything apart. They're still gonna watch it, and you know, the the last show did have those elements of people being interesting, from what I understand. But I just wasn't I wasn't there for that. But um. I don't think it's going to be the, the big hit, but it also, you know, impacts now on access. It's a totally different conversation. So yeah, that's a, a whole different audience to expose the house 
Like I remember when Tommy wore the HOH shirt on Raw. Like when he came out, like yes. it was like 2014 or something, yeah. and Tommy wore the HOH shirt on Raw. And I remember it was it must have been like the Thursday after that he came to the wrestling school, and I was like, dude, how did you get the shirt on TV? And he's like, nobody said anything to me. I just walked out there. And <laughs> but that, that kind of thing is so big because it gets that logo and that brand and that it, it legitimizes all of it. So, you know, he's a little engine that could. It's not like Tommy has this huge financial backing of anybody. It's just him. So there's not some mysterious money Mies arc that has a briefcase that opens up that Tommy gets to have access to. It's not really like that. So, um, you know, when he can make a deal to get the logo and the info and everything like that up on Twitch and get it up on these TV shows and stuff like that, where he's not paying an arm and a leg, that's million dollars in advertising right there. I'll tell so, you, I'll, I'll one up you on this one. That motherfucker wore that shirt on an episode of Impractical Jokers. Yes. Yeah, they filmed the Impractical Jokers at the Civic Center in Poughkeepsie. Yes. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was his first one, and then he was in a skit where he was he pantsed Q, and he was wearing an HOH shirt. Yes. It's probably yeah, one of my he, favorite episodes. <laughs> He's gotten it on a couple different major outlets like that, but that's, you know, that's, if you look at it like that, like getting the logo and getting the brand out there and exposed to people who have never looked at it before, even if five people Google it and wonder what that is, it was worth it. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And then you got to hope from there that word of mouth spreads. Yeah. I mean, how else do you build an audience? How else do you grow an audience? How else do you get exposure? So, you know, you take a good look at what the NWA did this, this past week with their their release of their TV show and how it grew from the first day and with the amount of views it had to what it had and two days later, you know, getting a retweet by The Rock probably helps, but hmm. having, it, having that amount of exposure, that amount of people check out that product online, you know, that brings a whole new legitimacy to that medium for distributing professional wrestling. Um, so when people get their shit together and put it put it out there and do it right and tap into something that an audience wants, you end up with almost a million views in a week. So, um, you know, don't, don't tell me that a million views on a YouTube video isn't something that's a bargaining chip to take it to a real network and get it on television. Yeah. I mean, it probably did better views than the majority of what happened on Raw this past week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that it did higher views than what MLW had. Not... not nothing against MLW because I actually it's my favorite show on, tele, on professional wrestling show that's out there right now but it has it got more views than their shows did and they're on BN Sports so yeah. um, it shows you how the exposure like clearly the NWA that's word of mouth that was people retweeting it that was people telling everybody yo this show kicks ass yo this was different you gotta check out this old school setting like I remember when wrestling used to be like this shit like that and then all of a sudden it got those kind of views so you know what separates a show like that from your local indie that puts their show up on YouTube who's doing what right it's it's astonishing how many different people have their finger on the pulse of wrestling right now like there's something new and exciting almost every day of the week in wrestling and almost every single thing is different in some way like you yes. just said, NWA is going back to a retro 80s style, almost like a game show type, like, uh, what was it, Family Feud back in the 80s? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> almost kind of like that setup, but yep. it it's cool because everything, what, they're... they're, they're, they're Did running... you watch that growing up? 
I did. I watched the uh, WCW special, and I wish I could find it again. Like the Saturday Night stuff, or did you watch like the Studio Wrestling from Georgia kind of shit? Oh, no, it was more like Studio. I thought you were talking about Family Feud for a second there. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, we went, we went on completely. We, you took one thing and thought I meant the other, and I thought you uh, meant yeah. No, I meant did you watch Studio Wrestling as a kid? As a kid, yeah. My my dad got me into wrestling very very young, so I have a bunch of like you know the old NWA uh, VHSs that came in like the plastic container, almost like how the Disney movies came in. No, I don't because I'm from New York, so I had, I never got that shit. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Our, our, our video stores only had Coliseum video like WWF stuff and like that you didn't get to see there wasn't NWA anything on, in the video stores for wrestling period oh man was, and then the only wrestling we got that was NWA was the TBS stuff but um, you know it didn't really it wasn't really as popular if you watched wrestling in New York it was WWF yeah that was but I, then I had a chance to live in the south and it was totally different I lived in Dalton, Georgia. People were like, "All you watched was WWF growing up." Holy shit, that was, that was the worst. <laughs> so, I wonder if they say the same thing right now. So it's tapping into an, uh, an audience that's totally there and begging for that. But New Yorkers and Northeasterners probably have no idea that there's a whole audience that's craving that product. So. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, with with uh, something new and what people want, uh, you put out a tweet. Um, I think it was this past week, and you said that AEW is the breath of fresh air um, because of how different it is and how fun. It, I mean, we were at the event last night in Philly, and it was, I mean, from start to finish, it was a lot of fun. The action was great. The crowd was hot. It was insane. Yeah. There's a certain amount of uh, unpredictableness that's going with their product right now. And it ha- how could you not think it is? live wrestling product right now you can't compare it because the uh, the unpredictableness of what's going to happen and you know who these guys are and the fact that they're not through the WWE farm system makes it even better like if there are some kind of botches in the ring or there are you know guys doing stuff that would, WWE would never allow them to do like I'm pretty sure you're never going to watch a dude do a coffin job in WWE like on, on a barrel yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like holding a barrel you know so not nowadays you're getting to no. watch stuff that you'd never get to see there so it's the unpredictableness of it um it's the same reason why people watched Nitro back in the day so um it's we're really at the beginning of seeing the seeds of that the problem is WWE is such a point in their business that right now they are so huge that it's never going to be like one's going to put the other out of business. They're just going to have to be create a marketplace for there to be a, a, a number two um, because it, it, WWE is way too big. It's a huge machine, man. Yeah, I mean, you could tell just we by... Can dream. <laughs> no, you know what? And I, and I agree with that, that they need to find their niche market. But last night, going to the show, I mean, it was at a completely different venue. So you have it at that. But what it felt like, and I mean no snub by this at all, it felt like a very well-produced but still had the indie feel to it. Like it felt like a B 
big time indie show. That's awesome. If that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, well, it does make sense because any of us that have ever been a part of a big time indie show knows how electric that feeling is through that kind of a building and how the energy kind of takes over the whole thing. And you can feel it from start to finish to the end of the show. I mean, th- that's the reason that I lived for wrestling is for that feeling. WWE. Uh, I don't know if they have that when you walk in there. I think for a certain age group, they probably have it. But I think for the older age group right now, they're feeling that big indie feeling. Like It's kind of like uh, teenagers, and uh, not just teenagers, but like that 18 to 25 demographic where they're like, you know, the cool thing to do tonight is to go to AEW. That's the badass thing to do in Philadelphia last night was to go check out AEW, right? Yeah. So they have the cool product. Like I don't, I can't remember the last time I heard somebody say like, "Yo, dude, let's go check out Raw. It'd be awesome." You never <laughs> know what'll happen. No, you're right. And I, now that you mention it, the probably the average age was probably 25 at that show last night. Yes. Yeah. For sure. So it's like, let's go like smoke a bowl and get drunk and then go to the AEW show or go to WWE where there's all these kids cheering for the big D Roman Reigns. You know, like, <laughs> which, which one do you want to see? It's really kind of the rebellious age group. Like, that's, and we all lived through it. That's why we thought ECW was so awesome. And, uh, NWO, the war and all that stuff. That, that stuff yeah. was cool. That's why the Attitude Era is for us uh, at least the 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 big time era of wrestling. I mean, I know there are other times in wrestling that were big, but what we remember because we were kids is the Attitude Era, and that's why a lot of people now can't decipher like they want the Attitude Era back, but there's no bringing the Attitude Era back because it's it's a different attitude right now in general from people. Like that attitude isn't really an attitude; it's more like a uh, standoffish, awkward type, not not so much attitude. <laughs> yeah, it's tapping into the Twitch audience a little bit, right? Yeah, it's yeah. more like the standoffish. Like I'd rather not be at this and interact with people face to face. Face to face. It's the whole. It's social media. It's the social media era of wrestling that we're in.
heading up the creative and they're putting out there what they know that the people who have paid their money for their shirts and for their merch and for all that stuff have told them they want to see. You know, I've been to countless shows where Nick and Matt Jackson were doing autograph signings and meet and greets and, you know, fans are always telling them what they love about it. I've seen the reactions that they get in places. I was five feet away with them, Paul London and Brian Kendrick versus the Young Bucks at House of Hardcore 1 and 3. Uh, 1, 2, 3 maybe? <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I see what those guys can do all the way around. They know their audience really well and they're writing to that audience. So they believe that how they perceive professional wrestling and the product that they put out there is something that's mainstream worthy and they haven't been proven wrong. Their television show, once again, was way better than the other program I did. NXT has quality, awesome matches. They do not let you down with character development. They do not let you down with telling you a story. They do not let you down with presenting guys that look like professional wrestlers. But when you compare one TV show with the next TV show, which one are you going to watch? I want to watch the one that looks like there's shit going down, not the one that's over there looking like a controlled environment. AEW, it looks like there's crazy shit going on. NXT looks like a very controlled, very careful, rowdy, but controlled environment. So, you know, when you look at the two products and switch back and forth, I don't think you can compare. That's just my opinion. But no, it is different. I think the, and the fans play a huge part in that. Playing in front of 1,100 people as opposed to 10,000 people and having all 10,000 of those people cheering for two hours straight. I mean, it kind of gets you, you're like... When you turn the TV on and you're like, holy shit, this crowd is... Like, you can hear that and you feel it even through the TV. Yeah. Yeah, there's no denying it. And they're into their certain acts and they, they know who they want to see. They haven't even seen a single, you know, full match with Orange Cassidy yet. And it's probably the most over thing that's out there right now. <laughs> you know, it's pretty incredible. So, um... He's done maybe two moves in AEW, and he is one of the hottest commodities in all of wrestling. Yep. Yeah, undeniable. Um, and the, the, the funny, I always think the funny thing is when they talk about these dudes that, like Orange Cassidy, like he can't wrestle. Like, are you people insane that he can't wrestle? Like, everyone knows he was red hand, right? I mean, that's common knowledge or no? I think that's pretty common knowledge. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't know he was Red Ant. I had no idea that's what he was. And I don't share my information with Larry, evidently, so. <laughs> okay. Well, he was he was one of the ants in the colony, and he was fucking awesome. He actually worked for me, did a show up in, uh, we, we did a small show here in town that I, I ran, and I asked Bill Carr if he knew anybody that would come in, and he brought in the Green Ant and Red Ant, and I actually paid them extra money because I was like, holy shit, those guys are amazing. They're fantastic. Orange Cassidy's a fantastic wrestler. Like one of the best you'll see. And you have and he hasn't even had to show you any of that yet. And he's still the most over guy, which tells you how much he gets it. So anybody that kind of shits on that guy, you don't know what you're talking about. Um yeah, they have characters like that. People want to see that. They want to see that thing evolve. And you know, one one product was had a chance to be hot, but it's cooled off a little bit. The other product started out hot and they've kept the momentum. So, um, I'm anxious to see how the storylines develop. I'm anxious to see the stories that come out of it. You know, I, I'm not into the stories I'm being told on the other channel. That's it. What, isn't that what it comes down to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean... I it, want to be intrigued by the stories. There's got to be something that's going to 
pull me in to watch this entire show. And um, the I mean, only thing that you have is the action in the story. And right now, I don't know where they're going with anybody. But like sometimes when I watch WWE, you can see where they're going with shit. So you're just like, ah, this is gonna go to this and this. And then of course we're gonna put it inside the hell in a cell. Why the fuck would I? You know, like, like you walk, so like you know where it's gonna go. But when I'm watching AEW, I have no idea where it's gonna. That's the best part about it. I don't know what their gimmick matches are. I don't know what their, you know, yearly pay-per-views are going to be yet. None of that stuff's already written out, but WWE's all, like, they, they tell you all of it. You can see the foreshadowing in the story. Like, right, it smacks you right down in the face. So, um, you know, it's really hard to put your finger on why one's so much better than the other. It's just easier to say, like, that, that one's clearly the best. But, you know, when you really break it down to so many different aspects of it, it's pretty clear why it stands out. Yeah, and I think the frustrating thing is that on the WWE side, they, they seem to keep going back to familiar storylines of what they were comfortable with. And with the extreme overload of talent that they have and them not being utilized in even coherent stories, I think that's what's frustrating a lot of people right now. Like they, It almost seems like they're tricking themselves like because they want to be WWE fans so bad that like they're convincing themselves that it's it's good still <laughs> well you, you can't deny that if, for, if it's the kind of thing that those people like then that's the kind of thing for those kind of people you know like if they like their wrestling that way then that's what they're into if they've never been exposed to another form of it like let's imagine that you're a kid you've always been fed vanilla ice cream okay you have no idea that there's any other kind of ice cream out there in the world your parents only give you vanilla so you go to school, you're talking to the other kids, you're like, yo, you ever had vanilla ice cream? The kids look at you and they're like, man, vanilla ice cream? You ever had chocolate chip cookie dough fucking ice cream, dude? And they're like, what? Chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream? Are you crazy? You know, that's, the vanilla ice cream is raw. If you've only watched that and you only know what wrestling is through that, and the casual viewer and the casual family who, Maybe parents aren't into watching wrestling, but it comes on and they they flip through and their kids into it and it keeps them quiet for a little while and they just leave it on. You know they don't know anything. So we're talking about like Rocky Road, serious badass ice cream that's over there on TNT. But if you like vanilla, like this, that's, then that's what you're into. You don't maybe you don't like the other shit. Maybe you're really in your comfort zone. You don't like to try new things. Um, this... Not a really boring person, but, um, <laughs> you know, if you like, if that's what you like and that's your kind of wrestling, then cool. But I, there's been times at WWE where it's been hot and then there's other times where you're just like, how could they drop the ball with this? Like, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of recent memory things that you, it was so clear. Like, why didn't they just run with it? Like giving Braun the belt, Braun should have been the champion. Nakam- never did that. Nakamura should have been. with it. Nakamura should have beat. He should have beat Styles. It. And, uh, like, how do you how do you fumble that one? Like, how did that go down that way? He was you know, so over. Yeah, he was so over as a face, and then he got over as a heel. And they just. I mean, you can go on for days with the Dean, with, a, Dean yeah. Ambrose, Luke Harper. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Harper when he so was. Samoa Joe should have got the belt too. They, that last match he had with uh, AJ should have beat him. Yeah, he should have beat Brock at, Great Balls of Fury, or whatever it was called. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes to remember that one. 
No, yeah, but the, I mean, you just see like when they when it seems like what the right thing is to do and whatever, and like you know, I'll a perfect example is like the Shorty Gable thing, right? Yeah. Like it came out a couple weeks ago on the internet that they had trademarked the name Shorty Gable. So like everybody, I, I mean, this is me at least. I'm thinking like, all right, they trademarked this name Shorty Gable or they trademarked Shorty. Like, could it be for anything else? No, can't be for anything else. And then you start watching, it and they're like, yo, they just called him Shorty. They did it like a couple times, and then the next week after that, it was like full fledged. His name is Shorty Gable, and you're like, how could nobody in the last three weeks know that this is a fucking shitty idea? How could nobody <laughs> know this? Like, what is, what's the point of doing that? I, not I only that, can, some, can somebody tell me why Kyrie Sane's a pirate? Oh <laughs> <laughs> wait. Uh, uh, nope. Nope. There's only two people in this room, and I don't think you're gonna. I know Larry's gonna give you the dumbfounded, and I'm gonna try and make up something so ridiculous that it's not gonna make sense I, either. I asked this question on Twitter, and somebody wrote back. I I think it's because she used to be in competitive yachting. I got. I kind of hope that's the right answer. <laughs> competitive. What the fuck is competitive yachting? <laughs> <laughs> and if that is what she did. Why the fuck is she a pirate now? You never. Is she a pirate as she was in competitive yachting? Like, would she steal Hold other on. people's yachts? Hold on, wait. I mean, You've never heard of All Japan Competitive Yachting on ESPN 8 The Ocho? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> no. No, I haven't. But if you can figure out why Kyrie Sane is a pirate, you win the pony, man. Because I, I don't get it. Can I have the yacht instead? <laughs> it's just like, you see these terrible ideas coming and you see this shit out there. And so far, I haven't gotten any of that on the other channel. So, um, you know, this, the, the creative on the other thing is just they're not telling me good stories. I want better stories. I want, you know, the Cain Velasquez and Brock. It's It feels like it's missing something, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I think it so. It feels like it's missing an octagon. <laughs> it fe- because nobody believes that those two guys are the same dudes that fought at UFC 100. Yeah. They're not. I so mean, everyone's like, yeah, well, this is just going to be like a phony pro wrestling match. Nobody gives a fuck, really. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they're touting it as like this big this big get, this big score that we got. We're going to have this match in WWE. It's the war to settle the score. Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez is like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, don't that's exactly what it is. I completely agree. So, it, and then I, I heard today they want to go with Cain Velasquez and Bobby Lash. That's going to be the, the next program, I guess, supposedly. I'm hoping you, because Larry brought Bobby this. Lash is in line for some push after the Is that how it uh, always works? Which is another thing. I mean, I don't get it, but I guess maybe it's a way to get him on TV and show off. Um, Rusev's mustache. So awesome at forty years old. I get. I mean, I and I just brought that up to Joe on the way down to AEW last night. This rumor of USA wanting Bobby Lashley to be the Universal Champion and fight Velasquez at Mania for the title, which means. He has to win the Royal Rumble. Cain Velasquez is billed to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> like I, that's horrible. I said, and I said, if <laughs> I said if that happens, I'm boycotting the Rumble for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 
is October 17th, right? Yep. So we're telling you like how much we don't want this. We think this is a terrible idea to anybody that's listening out there. Please, if you have any ability to change the direction of this story, don't do it. And it's still going to fucking happen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's still going to fucking happen. Like, I'm happy for Bobby because Bobby's awesome. But, you know. I mean, the circumstances aren't in his favor. I saw Cain Velasquez. Okay, let's. Did you see the Cain Velasquez thing in Mexico? Yes. Yes. Alright, so, and then your reaction was like, holy shit, he did some lucha shit. Yeah, he can actually wrestle a lot better than I thought he ever could. <laughs> stop. 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 What'd you just say? <laughs> he had the appearance of an actual wrestler. In that match. <laughs> That's not what you said, but yes. Okay, he has the appearance of an actual wrestler. Yeah. He didn't do anything that was like, holy shit, this dude should be like the world wrestling champion. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, he did some flippy news. Like, and like, I'm not shitting on flippy news. It's, Lucha Wrestling is awesome. I watch the AAA channel on my Pluto TV all the time. Uh, and I enjoy that style of wrestling. However, there was nothing about Cain Blast's performance where I was like, WWE's calling this dude tomorrow. <laughs> like, did you guys think that? I thought uh, it was, no, I th- was more in shock that he was able to do it than think that, uh, yeah, he, I des- agree. he deserved it. I was like, oh shit, I guess he was training. Yeah, so, you know, this whole thing with Brock's coming up pretty fucking fast because Brock is like, Brock just killed the WWE champion in like 10 seconds. Yes. Yeah. So, like the guy who's been like fighting for the title forever. So like now we take the guy who did a backflip and a hurricane rana from Mexico and we're gonna put him in there with the baddest pro wrestler ever and I'm supposed to believe it's fair. It's like fifty fifty. No way. Only because they might be able to really punch each other? Where they punched each other once and it was cool, so now we're gonna put them in something where they're not gonna punch each other, really? I mean, uh, it's already scheduled. It's missing, for... it's missing something for me. Uh, yeah, the mouthpiece is on the wrong side at this point. But let's say Cain Velasquez came out on AEW and got in John Moxley's face. Would you want to see that fight? Uh, yeah, yeah, because you know it's going to be handled completely different. It's not going to be handled by the Vince McMahon machine. It's going to be handled by. The, the, it's probably going to be handled by John Moxley. <laughs> now what would have got to give me more give me more of that kind of stuff right it, it's interesting and yeah that kind of that's kind of the mentality now like I anytime and I would I'm actually going to segue this perfectly into my next question for you you're welcome not to, not to pat himself on the back or anything <laughs> <laughs> and I talked yeah. so much that I did it now I forgot how I wanted to segue <laughs> so I mean, that kind of brings you to the point of where the fan, quote-unquote, majority is when someone asks for the release or there's rumors that someone's going to get the release that, oh, why don't you – I hope you go to AEW. That's been, like, the mindset for uh, the better part of six months now. Mm -hmm. Well, pretty soon those jobs are going to dry up, right? 
TNA, where it was washed up WWE guys, right? That's what the internet would say all the time. Yeah, and that is the track record. I mean, it, it, you you throw a bunch of money at all the, the older guys, all the seasoned veterans, and now you have no money to bring in any new talent, so now you're just getting a watered-down, slower-paced product that isn't the same that it once was. Yeah, so you have to be a guy that gets released from WWE who a lot of people within the business think you didn't get a fair shake there. Would that be under, like, a Mike Kanellis?
I certainly hope he gets his chance to get that feeling out of his system and um, prove what he, to everyone how he feels he should be viewed. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean that that's a completely different take um, than we've actually ever heard. So I hope you're right, and I hope uh, I hope he does get that opportunity to prove that he is who who he says he is and wants to be. I think that goes on side a lot of wrestlers, man. Is that a lot of guys want to always prove that they're better than what they were ever used as? Because everybody always wants to show you that they could have been the world champion. Everybody wants to. Sh- everybody wants to prove. I could have been something if you'd just done this with me or done that with me. I think that's what motivates and pushes all of us mm-hmm. to, to do better and to get to the next level. So, you know, when when someone's as candid as to say that they want to get that out there and prove that, I get that level of frustration and I understand it. I mean, you got to be really frustrated to leave a quarter million bucks a year with two kids, you know, and a family to support. You know, you got to really want to get, get that out of your system. So... Um, I really hope that it's something that he, he, he he's thought through and he's ready to go and do. And it takes a lot of work. I mean, even when Cody when when Cody first got released, you know, Cody got released in 2015. I think. Yeah, I, that, yeah, it sounds about right. Um, it was right, right around there, 2015, 2016. Um, but you know, it wasn't just a cakewalk for him either. Just and he was a guy. You know, fresh off the Stardust run, he had a great career in WWE, and now he was he was telling everybody how he wanted to prove himself on the Indies. You know, remember when he made that list of things he wanted, the streamers, and mm. um, you know, all the, the people he wanted to wrestle once he finally got released and everything. Mm. Uh, you guys remember that trend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like the big thing back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so not now. <laughs> back in the day, you know, it, it wasn't easy for him, and this is a guy who was a second generation wrestler and had all of the connections in the world and he still had a bust his ass to try to get that shot. So, um, you know, not going to, and then to see what Cody's created out of that and his friendship that he made and the business partnership that he made and, you know, talk about a guy who left WWE and made the right decisions. There's a guy, there's a, there's one to model after if you're going to leave from that, you know, real comfortable hammock that, WWE's created for you and go out on your own you gotta hit the ground running you know you gotta ask guys who have succeeded in doing it advice you know, how many guys can you think of that have left WWE that have made it on their own and stood out that's bigger than Cody Rhodes yeah uh, right now nobody yeah absolutely not so you know the, you have to really admire what he brings to the table in that regard because his business acumen is clearly at a high level his athleticism is clearly at a high level and his confidence is probably at a pretty high level right now because nobody's been able to say I'm going to leave WWE and I'm going to stick it up your ass basically and he's done that and there's tones of that in Mike Kanellis' message you know he probably has that same burning inside of his heart and that same passion and I think that if he gets that opportunity, he will prove it. But he needs that opportunity. So he's going to have to work hard to get it. I agree wholeheartedly. And there was many more names, but I I feel like it would be the same response to any name that had come up in the past year of who was about to be released. Yeah. And there's a bunch of guys that I'm sure that you think that if they were victims of the bus flip, that they would do well somewhere else but the reason that the AEW product is so 
live TV. You don't see a lot of people screw up in WWE anymore. You know, they've gone through that system. They're pretty refined. They got their shit together. They don't. There's not a lot of things that happen on Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn's television that they don't want to happen. But on AEW, you know, shit might get through. You never know. So I think that's you know, an interesting part of that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, with uh, that's the the best thing I think about AEW, like you said before, it was that unpredictability and anything could happen. It's that's why Nitro took the lead on Raw way back when, because it was it was the same thing. So I mean, that's why AEW is so great right now, and they and WWE really has to step up their game to pull attention away from it. You think they will? No. No, I don't. I don't think they will because I think that WWE has gotten so large, like you said, that they have to cater to not just the certain demographic that AEW is going for. They're going for every demographic. They want you from the womb till the deathbed, and they're trying to... Yes. I'll give you a a good example for you to um, kind of take in. You left your vibrator out. What we do on Thursday nights during this show is our business. <laughs> uh, have you guys ever watched WWE uh, and the Flintstones or WWE and Scooby-Doo? I've never watched it, but I, yeah, I've never I, I know either. it exists. I know it's out there. Okay. If you watch those shows and see how they portray WWE in that kind of like that how, the, how the, the video kind of puts it out there as if it's like it's hard to explain it's like it's it's the be all end all of all entertainment is the WWE <laughs> and that's how they want it to be so you know you can if you've ever and anybody that's listening if you've ever seen you know those episodes of Scooby-Doo and the Flintstones you can see how they they present the product and it's um They've, they want it to be that when you think wrestling, you only think WWE all across the world. Like that, uh, they want little WWE spots in every town and uh, in every major city. It's like WWE extensions all over the place. If there's pro wrestling around, WWE is the one that's providing it. So, you know, that's their that's their grand scheme. That's their big picture. They want pro wrestling to be their vision of it, their version of it. And that's what Cody and the Bucks and those guys are all pushing back against. That there's another form of this entertainment. You know, that's the very crux of what the war is about. So if anybody out there didn't know why we were fighting or why why there's a big argument between the two or why you pick a side, it's because of that. WWE wants you to think that this is what pro wrestling is, sports entertainment, they, their stories, the way that they tell them, their camera angles, the way that they present them, their pay-per-views the way that they give them to you and you're going to take it and you're going to like it and you're going to love them and then you're going to make them a fucking sandwich afterwards. AEW trying to give, tell you that there's other pro wrestling out there so when you guys say it feels like an indie event but just the volume turned up way high that's what they're going for because an indie event has so many different styles of pro wrestling so many different versions of it on one indie show that the excitement when you put it inside of one of those big ass arenas is different than anything else. Yeah, I mean I, that that couldn't be a more perfect way uh, way to end this. That was I complete, couldn't agree more. Uh, Vic, we want to thank you so much for taking the time and um, and talking with us, and also congrats on sobriety. I hope uh, 
you can stay down that road. I know how hard it is. I've had a, a couple people in my family, and it's rough. So congrats on how long you've already done it. Hey, thank you guys very much. I, you know, I've, I've honestly done really well. I haven't had any issues. I haven't had any um, even thoughts of a relapse or anything like that. It was kind of uh, on St. Patrick's Day this year. It was just like, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. This is fucked up. And uh, it's been kind of uh, a lot of eye-opening experiences from there, but I'm really thankful that I'm at a good place where I am right now, and I feel really good, feeling like I'm getting my body to a place where I want it to be, and I'm thinking really clearly, and um, I love talking about wrestling, and I'm seeing all this stuff, and I really appreciate you guys having some faith in me to bring me on the show and let me, uh, you know, get my voice out there and talk to the people once again, so appreciate you guys. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. I mean, a wealth of knowledge. And honestly, a, a, another outlook besides what me and Larry have to say weekly, I mean, you, you, you have the experience. You have the, the background. So, I mean, we thank you. No problem, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, I appreciate you guys um, putting up with hell as much as you do. <laughs> it's, it's hard work, but you guys seem to handle it pretty well. So, pass off to you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and hopefully we will be seeing you at uh, House of Hardcore in Philadelphia around uh, I think November twenty third. Yeah, the weekend before Thanksgiving. So we hope. Oh, to is see that what's happening? Uh, oh, cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> oh shit, man! Kayfabe's right, yeah, dead. Well, I guess I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> we killed Kayfabe. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, All right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you so much. And there you have it. Vic comes on after a long hiatus from not only our show, which hurts our feelings, Mm -hmm. but a hiatus from all of wrestling. And now we have the reason why. We're glad that he's in a a good space. He's really a fucking wealth of knowledge when it comes to, well, I guess, opinions mixed with strong background and history in the business. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He's as got long a be- as he's been doing it, he's got a better outlook than we do. Damn it. Big time. Absolutely. Not big. Don't undersell us. <laughs> I wouldn't say that big of time. I don't know. <laughs> it's why we, it's why, uh, none of the podcasts that don't have wrestlers on them can even come close to people like Jericho and all. And, and you say we got Christian and we got more clout now. We got our, 18- as long as we keep, as long as we keep Vic on. Absolutely. Yeah. We, have we got clout. Of clout. Yeah. There we go. There we go. We're the, we're the fucking clout bandits. <laughs> so yeah, that we're no was, longer uh, the wet bandits. We are the clout bandits. I was I was not expecting uh, that, and not only that, I'm glad he's doing good. But like like you said, the the in depth of going the differences between Raw and a Raw WWE in general and AEW. It is because I was one of those people that want I want to fight it. I want because I want WWE to be good because it's, I mean it's what we know it's what we know and yeah. I want them but as as more as your uh, not as more as as more as your <laughs> seven years ago as more as yours what as more say? as my eye it's more as <laughs> how could I have s'more if I haven't had any yet can some, we get this sentence out sometime tonight like the more my eyes are open to what's actually going on and being able to actually sit back and watch the WWE product and how much that they have to keep up with and how many different people that they have to try and make satisfied. 
because they want we're selfish we want it to be us we want it to be our age group but right now what is satisfying us is coming elsewhere yeah it's a lot of action a lot of new storylines a lot of new talent that you're getting to see well maybe not so new but you're getting to see live on TV every week um it, it's just it's more on the wrestling geared aspect of it and that's more of your entertainment AEW is more of an entertaining company than world wrestling entertainment entertainment right now yeah because it's the style it's the speed it's not the uh, certain they don't have to wrestle that certain style that slower paced more methodic style of wrestling that WWE has become accustomed to. Right now you have a, a billionaire who was a wrestling fan running a company who has their high-ranking executives as some of the top names in independent wrestling or in wrestling in general. And on the other hand, you have a company run by a billionaire himself who just got a major push by another billionaire company, and now they have they want say in their product. Yeah. So they have a lot of different hands in the pot with a lot of big money being thrown around. And then on the other hand, you have the people that want that, that look like they're having fun. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing. And people that look like they're having fun typically are having fun and that projects out into the fans. Well, look, they're having a fucking they're having a lot of fun. Look, they're doing it, it might seem stupid to people that are only accustomed to one product, but shit, it looks like they're having fun doing it. Exactly. I yeah. want to watch the people that are actually enjoying what they're doing, not the people that I see on Twitter that want to leave the company. No one's happy over there. That's what that's what it portrays. No one's happy. And even the people that you want to be happy, your top stars, they're getting booed out of the fucking building because of the way that you have booked them to look. That's not fun. That doesn't look like fun. Rollins being told that he sucks every day of his life. Now, that doesn't sound fun. You could say it's all an act and it's all part of the show, but that probably wears on him. There's nothing that he could do right now that is going to, as a babyface, that is going to appease the fans. And I think he's starting to realize that. Like, he still has the younger the younger kids, but, I mean, with all of the the chatter, is mainly by people our age. Yeah. Or, or, or younger. Young. <laughs> yeah, younger. A little younger. Yeah. But still, they're the loudest ones. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, and I agree with you, the holding on and holding on and hoping that WWE is going to turn it around because you look at the talent they have and you know how good the people they they have can be because they once were in a guy like Kevin Owens who killed it in the indies and that's the whole reason he's here is because of how great he was doing. And even in the beginning of his career, he was very, very good. But now he just, no, let's put him with Shane McMahon for two and a half months. And it's just, you're, you're hoping that these people can flourish and you're waiting for that opportunity for it to finally happen, but it's not happening. But now you look at it from the WWE standpoint and you're starting to realize like, Oh look that they signed them, not because that they, they might be very talented, but we're signing them. So we want, because we want, we don't want anyone else to see them. They, we want them to be ours. Yeah, exactly. And now that they're a part of our product, we get to run them how we want them. Yes. Which is exactly the point that Vic was making, that yes. they want everyone to just consider WWE the end all be all. It's not 
not the case so much anymore. Nope. As we will see in the following weeks, as we speak right now, we have an event going on live on IWTV, Uncharted Territory. Now, by the time you listen to this again, (laughs) this show will be over, so we suggest you watch the replay to get caught up because that is one of the live wrestling shows that you see weekly. Yep. There's different wrestling content everywhere. You just have to open your mind and open your eyes and release your heart to what is professional wrestling. And this is my Ted Turner talk. We bid you adieu this fine, crickety Thursday night from Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, the city of cheesesteaks, the city of happiness. Two out of three ain't bad. Yep, two out of three definitely isn't bad. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be talking to you very soon. Later! Oh, a little bit of the bubbly.